Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Evening and welcome to the Joe Bean Show. We're going to be talking about tonight how to get over a lover. Now, it may be that you are in that situation. A relationship has ended and you have found yourself in the top of mourning and you're wondering how in the world I get past this. Or it may be that your spouse or someone that you love very dearly has been involved with someone else. And now that is over. And you're wondering, okay, if it were my spouse that did this, can we put our marriage back together? If I know that he or she was madly in love with someone else, can now my spouse be in love with me? And how will he or she get past that other person and not have that in his or her head from this point on? There are ways to do that. And we'll be talking about that tonight, not just from theory, but from experience of thousands and thousands of people that we've worked with over the years. If you'd like to speak with me live on the air, our telephone number is 646-378-0424. That's 646-378-0424. Now, if you wish to actually speak to me, when you dial that number and you get the menu, press the number one. That signals me that you're there and that you're waiting and that you'll speak to me. Now, many people call in and just listen on their phones rather than listening on their computer. If that's what you're doing, that's fine. Glad to have you there. But remember, if you wish to speak to me, then you must press that number one so that we can talk to each other. Now, we do a workshop for Marriages in Crisis, and every month we have a drawing from the people who talk to me live on the air on this program. And we choose one, and then we call him or her and say, look, we're offering you this workshop. You can come whenever you wish, but when you come, it is half off. Now, we keep calling until we find which one of our callers is willing to or wants to come. Sometimes it's a person who says, well, I already had been to your workshop, and I was just calling to ask another question. That's fine. Sometimes it's like, well, I would love to come, but my spouse won't come. Okay, that's un- that's understandable. We get that. And we'll keep calling, though, our callers until we find one where he or she literally wants to come to the workshop and we offer it for a half price. Now, as we begin this program, let's talk to Kimberly, who is the COO of our organization. Good evening, Kimberly. What's going on in Texas today? Well, it's a little rainy in Texas, but um, we're hoping the tropical storm won't, you know, be too terrible when it hits short. But I was listening to you telling about the the half-off drawing, and I was informed by Johnny, who if anyone has has questions about the workshop, they usually talk to Johnny. And Johnny told me that actually the person who won the half-off workshop last month was um, came to this past workshop, and they ended up being the couple that won for the most growth in the workshop for the month. So I thought that I, I wanted to share that with you, that the person who was able to come because of the half off, they did so well in the workshop that they won, that they were the couple who experienced the most growth in the workshop. Let me see if I can explain what Kimberly's talking about, because if you haven't been to our workshop, that probably makes no sense to you at all. We have various breakout groups at the workshop, and each breakout group chooses a couple that they thought 
actually grew the most or gained the most from the workshop over the weekend. And so they selected that couple as being the the couple that had gained the most from the workshop. That's what she means when she said they won. They got an award, but they got it presented to them by other people in their group who had seen the progress they had made over the weekend. So if you would like to come, that happened for that couple that came this time, actually was in our workshop we did just this past weekend from the May drawing, and we can definitely put you in the June drawing. And we'll draw on the last day of the month. So if you will, remember the telephone number is 646-378-0424. That's 646-378-0424. And be sure when you hear that opening menu that you press the number one so you can speak to me. So, Kimberly, anything else from you this evening? No, I just wanted to be sure everyone was could hear that awesome success story and know that it could be them as well. Okay, thank you. You must be outside. You sound like a big log truck just went past you there. Yeah, I'm driving home. Okay. All right. Well, you have a good time and be careful on the road, especially in the rain out there. Okay? All, All right. right. Here yeah. we go. We're going, to our, we're going to our first caller, and it's area code 615. Area code 615. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Welcome. Joe. Yes. Glenn. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I don't have any questions. Most of all my questions were answered this weekend. I just wanted to call and say thank you. And uh, I'm out here traveling on the road. Just uh, got an email, thought I'd call and listen in. And uh, I pressed one, and I didn't think I'd be the first caller. So uh, I don't have anything for you other than I really appreciate uh uh, the weekend and, um, you know, anybody that's been considering doing, uh, the marriage helper 911 course, I, I certainly would highly recommend it. Wow. I really appreciate you doing that, Glenn. Um, we have a lot of people out there on the line, but you, you were the first one that I saw. So that's what I clicked on. That's quite a nice thing for you to do. My friend, I tell you what, it was a pleasure to get to know you and, and your beautiful wife. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I'll let uh, one of the other callers uh, jump in, and uh, I'll go back to listen. I'll look forward to catching up with you sometime. Talk to you later. So you are, but you are saying, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? You are saying that if somebody's contemplating going to the workshop, that you recommend it to them. That's what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right now, uh, you know, we we got out of it, what, about 48 hours ago? I've got a uh, a wealth of information that is percolating in my mind right now, and uh, we're going to start putting some of the uh, the tools that we learned in the conference to use. You know, so I, I would say anybody that um, has ever been in a position where they felt uh, hopeless or didn't know what to do or lost, um, you know, certainly. You know, the way that the uh, the three days is laid out certainly allows you to uh, think in a different uh, mindset and perspective and, uh, and to find hope, you know, and um, certainly allows you to uh, understand uh, things in, in, in ways that you haven't been able to uh, perceive it before, you know. And, I, and, and I, you know, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but, you know, at least the way I say it, it makes sense to me. Awesome. I really do appreciate that, my friend. Thank you so very much. All right, you take no care problem. of yourself. Thank you, Glenn. All right, yeah, thank yes, you, sir. brother. Talk to you later. Bye. 
Okay. I've just been told that our www.marriageradio.com site is having some kind of a problem. It seems that every week we have some kind of a technical problem, and that's the one tonight. So I don't know how we can communicate this to people since they'll be on Marriage Radio looking to listen to us. But if you can't find us there, and I don't know how you're hearing me, if that's where you are looking for us, but if you can't find us there, then you can try going to Blog Talk Radio and finding us over there. And maybe so the people on our team right now can start listing on Save My Marriage and, and, and other places so we can get the word out there that that site is down and is not working. It just seems that every week <laughs> we have a technical problem, and that just drives me nuts. Okay, again, our telephone number is 646-378-0424. That is 646-378-0424. Now, I'm going to be talking about a thing called limerence as I talk about how to get past a lover or to get over a lover. We talk about limerence often on this program, but for those who are listening for the first time or those who listen later when it's on iTunes and other places like that, let me describe that word for you, if I may. It's L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E, limerence, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E. Limerence is a word Coined by Dr. Dorothy Tenov, when I say doctor, I don't mean MD, I mean PhD. Dr. Tenov coined that, that word at the end of the 1970s to describe a situation of being madly in love. I feel like I'm madly in love with you. Then we would say, okay, that's limerence. She did some interesting qualitative research on it. Later, some very interesting research by Helen Fisher, who is another PhD, and some of her colleagues, taking a different approach other than qualitative research, they actually do it with MRI machines and things like that to see what's going on in your brain when you're madly in love. Now, a person who is in limerence, and not everybody gets into limerence with a partner, people who do find themselves intensely attracted to that partner. Some interesting things start happening in the brain. For example, there is a an increase in dopamine, which is an ecstasy chemical, which really makes us feel good all over. And then there's a decrease in serotonin. Now, there are other chemicals involved in as well, but these two can be enough to help explain the principle here. Serotonin can help calm us down. It can help us have some peace within. And also it can help to be an inhibitor to help us not do something. So when a person is in the limerent state where the dopamine has increased dramatically and the serotonin has decreased dramatically, then that's a situation where that emotions rule. And so if you see that, say, with two teenagers, which you may have, we'll call it puppy love, and we look at it, sometimes we call it infatuation. The difference in infatuation and limerence, as I would view it, is that infatuation is relatively short-lived. It can be intense to a little bit of a degree, but not like true limerence. Limerence will last, according to some of the best research out there, will last somewhere between three months and 36 months. Now, in that length of time, it may last five, it may last six months, it may last 12, 18. Now, there are some outliers, meaning that some people could go past the 36 months for a ways, you know four years, five years. Some will last shorter, not quite three months long, we'll end it there. But when we generally talk about it, we talk about it from three months to 36 months. Now, if you've ever been in it, or if your spouse has been in it with someone else to the destruction, or at least the great harm of your marriage, then the people who are in it understand it's like the other person has a halo effect. What that means is, I'm not able to see your flaws. Other people may, but not I. The halo effect means because I see that attribute in you that has so strongly attracted me to you and so strongly attached me to you, then I tend to see everything about you as being good. 
or oh, the halo effect. And so whatever's going on with you, I do not see in any bad light whatsoever. Now, when that's happening, there's no way anybody's going to convince me that I shouldn't be in a relationship with you. They're going to be saying things like, you know, that person's bad for you. No, you just don't understand her. You don't see her like I do. You don't know the real her. And people in this situation wind up being very transparent with each other. They share their emotions. They share their dreams. They share their fears, their likes, their dislikes. They talk and talk and talk and talk. And quite often, it can become an extremely emotional level to the point where it leads to sexual connection as well. Now, if we're talking about two people who are single and have a right to each other, then they're going through limits and that leads to their marriage. Then we don't look at it as being so greatly bad. In other words, okay, you've got those intense emotions, but it's not going to destroy you and you're going to wind up married to each other. And that's okay. When we look at a single person and he or she is going through it to the point where he or she cannot see the flaws in the other person, that's when we get worried. It's like, okay, you can't see things that everybody else is seeing about him or her. Now, at some point, it's going to end. Now, let's say there, we have two people going into a limited relationship. We'll call them Charlie and Sue, okay? So Charlie and Sue are actually headed into a limited relationship. And let's just say that Charlie is married, and let's say that Sue is married, but they're not married to each other, each married to someone else. Now, as they go in, one of them will go in faster than the other. In other words, those emotions that uh, develop and intensify more rapidly than with the other person. Now, if that's occurring, let's say that let's say that uh, Sue's going in faster than Charlie. It could be the other way around, but let's say Sue's going in faster than Charlie. Often, Charlie will then occasionally, at least, try to pull away because Charlie's married and Charlie realizes what he's doing is wrong. He is violating the covenant that he has with his bride. He knows that this is not what's supposed to happen. And so as he feels guilt or whatever else, he tries to pull away. And Sue, Sue will be strong enough and powerful enough in her intense emotion toward him that because she's listened to him, she's heard his dreams, his fears, his likes, his dislikes, all those kinds of things. She can figure out what uh, to do to pull him back. Now, maybe she gets sick, so he comes back. Maybe she reminds him of all the things she's given up for him, and he comes back. Maybe she keeps telling him, but you know, I'm the only person who really understands you. I'm the only person who, who really loves you for who you really are. Or, or maybe she weeps and cries. Whatever she does, she does to pull him back. Now, when they get into this intense relationship with each other, I mean really intense, so then they're both in full-fledged limerence. Now, in our illustration here, Charlie and Sue are both married to other people. So this goes on for a while. Now, this limerence is going to end in one of three ways. Either A, they finally wind up with each other, and then it, it starts to go away. Then it doesn't go away overnight, but it starts to go away. Because part of what drives this and makes it so intense is the fact that there's a fear factor. We may not wind up with each other. And when they finally wind up with each other, okay, we've divorced our spouses, we have married each other, that fear goes away. The serotonin begins to increase again. The dopamine begins to decrease. And after a while, they're in a regular relationship like all the rest of the people on the planet. Now the halo effect fades away. They can begin to see the flaws in the other person. Additionally, they can begin to see all the things they gave up. Like I gave up my wife and my children for you, or I gave up my husband and my children for you. I gave up my occupation. I gave up my best friends. I can't go back to my church anymore. All the kinds of things that people care about after that during the height of the limerick relationship, they don't think of as being important. 
because the most important thing where they're deep in that intense limit relationship is to be with the person that they're in limerence with. Now, if you're thinking, wait a minute, Joe, limerence, is, is it a kind of love? Well, yes, it is. Limerence is a kind of love. Now, it's not the kind of love that's going to last a lifetime. Like I said, it's typically going to end at least by the 36th month, if not before. Rarely it'll go past that, but it's extremely rare, at least based on the experience we've had with the thousands and thousands of couples that we've worked with. Now, let's say that Charlie and Sue ended. Oh, I didn't go through the other two. Pardon me just for a minute. The first is they get together and therefore it begins to fade. The second is that one of them ceases to reciprocate, meaning I am not going to respond to you anymore. So let's say that Sue finally says, I, I realize what's going to happen. My, my husband found out. He found the text on my cell phone. And I love my children, and he is going to divorce me, and I realize that I may not have full custody of my children, be with them every night from here on, and I just cannot give up my children for you. Or or I, because of my religious beliefs and values, I've come to the conviction that this is adultery, and I just can't live like this anymore. So for whatever the sake, one of them stops. Now, I'm going to come back to that one because that's really what I want to discuss tonight, but one of them stops. Now, the third way is that one of them moves it on to someone else. In other words, I've been in limerence with you, and now it's beginning to fade for whatever reason, and now I'm transferring it to another person. So Charlie may transfer it from Sue to Sally, and now he's in limerence with Sally. Now, that does not happen overnight. It's not an immediate thing that occurs, boom, just like that, but it happens because there is such a tremendous high when you're in limerence. It is this feeling of love all over that just it just completely takes you over. It sometimes feels like, and and if she, you know, Sue is not going to reciprocate, or if he's been with Sue long enough that it's fading, where he can begin to see her flaws, he may move on to Sally, not immediately, but with time, to the point that there are some people that are referred to as limerent addicts. Every three to four years, they're in a brand new relationship, looking for the high. Now, now that I've explained that, I'm going to go back and talk about. Okay, so let's say that you're either Charlie or Sue. You're either one who, the one who ended it, or you're the one that the other ended it. And now you're feeling all this tremendous pain inside of you because the relationship is over. And, and it seems like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these emotions. Why are they still there? How long will they last? Can I get past them? When will I stop hurting? That's what I hope somebody's out there, and I hope you can hear me. For whatever reason, we have had a massive technical problem again this week. I'm going to try area code 213 again. Hello, area code 213. Are you there? Hello, Jim. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I am sorry for our technical problems. It just drives me nuts. Okay. How can I help you tonight? <laughs> I, um, I was calling in... Um, I have my husband who I think is in liberance with um, a person. He did stop for a while, and then I think he's gone back. Um, he just recently said that he was moving out. He spoke to both of my children, 
and um, said that he was moving this weekend, but did not. He hasn't left yet. So I really don't know at this point what more can, you know, I do just because now he's he's acting out just more. So he's no longer wearing his wedding ring. He um, he comes and go as he pleases. He's still, I mean, it's still respectful enough. It's not all night long. Um, but he, you know, he's, I think he's living a separate life from me, but we're still in the same home. So I want to, I'm just, I don't know where my mind should be as far, as far as is he living a separate life and I'm still married to him or it's just, it's, it's just hard. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's hard. I'm so sorry. The very first part of that, I didn't quite hear as well. How long have you been married? We have been married 17. Well, actually my anniversary is Saturday. It will be 17 years, three years. I see. And and again, because I'm sorry, because of the glitch I didn't hear at the beginning, is he involved with someone else? I believe he is. Um, about a year ago, um, I found some um, text messages and um, a lot of voice calls after I checked and seen that he had been talking to someone a lot. Um, he finally said that he did. He was talking to someone but just as a friend. But he did stop for a while, but just recently it's come up again. So now okay. he's starting to see that person again, and and I found out that he has another phone that he's been using. Uh, okay, but for the time being at least, if I heard you correctly, he's still living at your house. Is that right? Yes. But he's about to leave. Right. He, he said that yes. He told me about he told me about two months ago that he um, he is he loves me, but he's not in love with me. And another mm-hmm. part of it is he he's never he's never lived alone, so he feels like he wants to just do him and and not have any obligation to myself or my kids other than to take care of us financially. He wants to just mm-hmm. just take care of himself. And so mm-hmm. he told me about two months ago he was going to leave, but he hadn't spoke to my children. So he just recently to um, our youngest son, and he told me that he was leaving this weekend, but he didn't move out. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm assuming from what you're saying that you wish to save this marriage. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Now, he's living in the same house with you, but he's doing things that, well, if I'm hearing you correctly, things that are unacceptable, right? Like communicating with another woman. Right. Absolutely. But he won't, um, he won't, he won't claim up to that. He won't um, claim that anymore. Right. He says he's not doing it anymore. He said, he said that he was, he said before that he was. But then I just recently found out that he was communicating with her again, but he denied it completely. Right. right. I, I understand that he's denying it, but you, you're, what I'm hearing you say is that you know that he is. Right. Yes. Okay. Now, people pretty well do what it is that you allow them to do. So my question is, are you going to continue to allow him to be in contact with her? 
Um, I have I have told him he needs to to stop. Um, I told him that you know I I basically caught him, but he's denying it. So it's I you know, and now he's no longer communicating with her. Um, on his phone, he has another phone. So I found he has another phone, but I don't have access to that phone. So I don't want to, I mean, because I, I did get the marriage recovery and I listened to the videos, but I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to continue to snoop and do all that because, I mean, it's really not, I think it's going to push him away, which I think it pushed him away a lot because I found out a lot. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to figure out how can I wait him out. Can you wait him out? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Again, I apologize for our technical problems. I, I don't know what happened here. I got shut off and I'm having difficulty hearing. I, I don't know that you can wait him out in the situation that you're describing. What I mean by that is this. He, he has a separate phone. You, you, believe that he's still in contact with the other person. He tells you that he's not in love with you. He says he loves you, but he's not in love with you. And and, and then he threatens you with divorce. And if I'm hearing correctly, and, and I don't want to sound angry or mean at all, like please, so please don't mm-hmm. misunderstand. But, but because of the fact that you so much want to save your marriage, you love this man, that you're pretty well letting him make all the, the decisions about what's going to happen right now. In other words, he can do pretty well what he wants to do. Am I hearing that correctly or not? Um, no, not necessarily, because I did ask him, you know, when he said he was moving, I said, so what does this mean? Does this mean that our marriage is over? Does it mean that we are, you know, well, are, we, are we moving towards being ending? Because I need to start preparing myself for the next chapter, if so. And he says, well, no, I'm not, I'm not divorcing you. I just, I just want to... I never, I never um, was able to live my life because we got together when we were fairly young. He was 22 and I was 21, and he said he felt he feels like he's never lived for himself. So he's in like a very selfish state. Right, right. So what what do you want to do? What is your heart telling you to do? Uh, my heart, my heart says. Well, my heart says, I mean, I think that he's going through something. I really do see him in confusion. I do see him struggling with with the leaving and staying and how he feels. And I do see him really struggling. Um, I I mean, I I want to save our marriage, but he's not at a point right now that he's open to, he's not open to anything. So right. I'm, I'm hearing you when you say my that. Own <laughs> right. Well, it seems to me that you, and obviously you have to make your own decisions. Certainly not I. I cannot make your decisions for you. But it seems like that you only have two choices here. One choice is that you just wait and see what happens, or the other choice is that you make some kind of a move that that brings this to some kind of a head. Which mm-hmm. of those two do you think you'd rather do? Um, I. Well, my 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 religious beliefs tell me that I need to go through it through thick and thin, and I need to be supportive of him because I do see him going through it. The other side of me says, 
you know, I basically I brought it to this point that it is right now. I basically made him make a decision that made him say I'm going to leave. I basically told you know, I said we can't if we're not gonna work on the marriage, we can't live like this. Mm-hmm. So I so, basically but, I've been the one. Mm-hmm. So have you have you put down any consequences like either A is gonna happen or I'm gonna do B? Have you done anything like that at all? Um, no. Um only only in anger when you know, when we when I first found out about everything that was going on, only in anger when I found out it was going again. Um mm-hmm. And and not really, um, not really other than that. But I, but over the, we did go to counseling for a couple months, um, which he started off okay, but then he started to pull away. Right, but I'm so, not. I'm not talking about then. I'm talking about now. Are you going to do anything now? now? I I I I don't know. I you know I want to save my marriage, so I don't really. I don't know. I really don't know at this point. I'm really afraid okay. to lose him, so I'm trying to right. find myself in this as well. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, I cannot tell you what to do. Whatever you do has to be your choice. But as I just said, you really only have two. Choice number one is that, that you just wait. I mean, you don't do anything. You just wait to see what happens. Choice number two is that you force some kind of a decision. Now, if you choose to divorce number one, if you choose to wait, we talk about mm-hmm. a thing called pies, P-I-E-S. If you saw those videos, you are familiar with the pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, right? Right. Okay, which means that, that based on your age and situation in life, you take care of yourself physically. Intellectually, you actually make your brain work by doing other things than just thinking about this. So you get in a book club or you take a class online or something like that. Emotionally, you need to find people who can help you be strong emotionally. You know, people with whom you can be that builds you up and lifts you up and help you laugh and those kinds of things. And then spiritually, of course, be with God like never before. Now, if you do that, that may bring him back. But in the meantime, what you have to decide is what behavior is acceptable and what behavior is not. So if he has a second phone and if he's not letting you see anything on that phone or know anything about that phone, is that something that you're willing to live with? No, I'm not okay with that. Okay. So if you're not okay with that, then then you're going to have to make some kind of a, a demand like, I need to know either A, get rid of the phone, or B, I need to be able to, to see all the records from the phone, or something like that. Now, if you if you ask for that, even demand that, you'll have to build some kind of a consequence in, or it has no value at all. In other words, if you don't get rid of that phone, or if you don't let me have full access to that phone, then this, whatever this is, is going to happen. Are you mm-hmm. in a strong enough place right now where you can do that? Talk about your own emotions, your own strength. Probably not. Probably not. So what I'm hearing is then, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, again, I don't want to sound mean at all because I'm certainly not trying to be that way. But what I'm hearing you say is that you're going to basically just leave things as they are until he makes a decision. Is that right? Um, that's how it's been. Is that what you're going to continue to do? Is that what you're going to continue to do? Um, 
I I mean, for me, I I want him. I really want him to. I want him to really decide if he's going to leave or not. And, okay, but and when I, when do you want him to decide that? I mean, are you going to sit there and wait until he does, no matter when he does, or is there a time limit on this? Um. Well, I thought I thought he would leave. I thought he was leaving on Sunday, and he still right, but, didn't leave. Right. So it's still the same question. Are you going to wait until he decides to do that? And if you if you choose to, you can certainly make that choice. Or are you going to choose a time yourself? Like this needs to happen by blank, whenever blank is. Um, I don't know. I really I really can't answer that question. Right. Well, nobody else can answer that question for you. I mean, it really has to be what you decide that you can live with. Because if you do that, if you make a stand and say, okay, by June 30, whatever, I'm, I'm just picking a date out of the cloud there. If you mm-hmm. say by June 30, I need a decision, and that decision either is you're going to work on this marriage or that you're going to leave. And and if you say that, then you have to build a consequence. So if 30 June comes and he says, well, I still haven't decided, then you would have to do something or else all of that has come to naught. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything anymore. But only you can do that. Do you have a strong support system behind you that can help you do something like that? Um, yes, I do. I have. I do. I have a. Actually, I have a friend that's actually going through the same thing, but she's like a couple years in. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I'm at. I'm at a part where she was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But what I. But um, she. You know, and she tells me the same thing. She's like, you got to get out. you got to do things for you. And I'm, you gotta- I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you that you have to get out. I'm telling you that, that you either need to decide to leave things as they are or decide to do something differently. So nobody can tell you to get out with yourself. I mean, that has to be your decision, what you think is the mm-hmm. best thing to do. So so how can I help you? What can I do for you? Um, I just, for me... I don't want to, I don't know if, if I do make that stand, I don't know if that's going to push him even more because I see, you know, when you, on the videos you talked about, it's getting worse and, you know, I don't want to necessarily push him into a corner where he feels, because what he says is he feels like he's been trapped and he feels like so, the more the more. So how I can do, I help you? Right. What can I, I do for know. you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Because 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 I cannot tell you what to do. It has to be your decision. But but right now the decision you're making is to do nothing. And and if you want to live with that, if that's the way you want to do it, then then it's your decision, not your friend, not mine, not anybody else. You have to decide that mm-hmm. for you. If you do want to bring it to a head, then you've got to figure out how you're going to do it and when you're going to do it. And then, and then you know, just kind of put both feet on the ground and straighten up your backbone and, and do that. May it have negative consequences? It absolutely may. May it have positive consequences? It absolutely may. But, either, but right now, all that's happening is that you're in limbo, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. So I'm living okay. in I'm well, living I, in his world. <laughs> right, exactly, and that's got to be miserable. My heart breaks for you; it really does. But at this point, 
you have to make a decision as to what you wish to do. And, and I hope and pray that you make the one that works out best for you. But you do understand that nobody else can decide that for you, right? Right, right, yeah. I do, right. I do. Okay, well, I've got other callers waiting out here. I pray that you have great wisdom to make the right decision on this, okay? Okay, all right, thank you. Right. Okay, you take care. And now we're going to area code 434, area code 434, you're on there. Are you there? I am. Can you hear me okay? Okay, can you, I, I barely can hear you. Sounds uh, kind of a weak signal there. Okay. Um, is it better? A little bit, a little bit. How may I help you tonight? So my story is a little bit further along than the prior caller. Um, okay. My wife has already moved out and, you know, until she moved out about five months ago and mm-hmm. recently, um, the, I, I think she's in numerous with someone, but, you know, she doesn't necessarily admit that and she's never admitted it. Right. You know, she stands on the ground. We've always had problems in our marriage. And, um, you know, since the beginning of time, we've been married now, 14 years um, together, five years prior to that, so 19 years total, you know, we got, we started going out in college, so, you know, we were 21 and 20, um, very similar to the lady prior. However, you know, now she is, and I'm not saying we had the perfect marriage, right? Like, I'm not naive in the sense of that, but throughout the entire time, I never thought we had enough problems where it warranted divorce. Like we, we weren't fighting. We weren't yelling. We weren't screaming. We, there weren't no, there wasn't any affairs, um, et cetera. You know, it's just, you know, just what she calls now foundational problems. Um, and you know, whereas for me, I kind of thought like, well, it's the growing pains. You know, I went back to graduate school full time. Then she went back to get her, her PhD full time. You know, then we had twin kids, you know, twin girls, so it's one of those things where, you know, just the, the struggles of life. I, that's what I kind of saw it as. So she kind of sticks to that foundation is this is the reason why. For years and years we've had these problems, but, you know, now um, it's this. How do you, you know, how do you verify if it's limerous? Like, I, it's, you know, there are days where I, I love my wife dearly and I love my family and I like my family you know, like like everyone else on this call, right? You know, you want your family back. But the question right, I have right. is, like, how do you determine if it is limerous and you're willing to kind of wait it out if she's never willing to admit that it's the other person, right? Like, she doesn't accept that her relationship with... So during the time when she was living, we were living under the same roof, I didn't realize how close she'd become with this person. It's like a colleague uh, of hers. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't until after she left, you know, then I started looking at, like, over the months, you know, I don't look at the cell phone, though I never checked on it. I don't check on stuff like that. You know, I just assume everyone's faithful because I'm faithful. Um, but then, you know, you go back and you start looking at stuff and you realize, wow, she was in contact right. with this person a significant amount of time. Like, right. I don't know. So for me, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, there are days when I'm just like, darn it all, I'm just, I need to move on. And, or there's, you know, but for the most part, you know, the majority of the days, I'm like, 
I want to do better. I want to be better. But we have very little communication. Um, even though we have, you know, nine-year-olds and girls, we have very little communication. Um, you know, just we hand off, hand on. You know, that's about it. So the kids right. go back and forth every two days, and that's about it. And I don't know, like, you know, I mean, I know no one can make the decision for me, but, like, how, how, what's the best way to determine if it is limerence and, you know, whether or not I'm willing to – then I guess I'd have to make a decision on whether I want to try to see right. if I wait this out or right. um, if I want to, you know – and I don't know. And it's weird because the person that it's with – so, anyway, I don't want to give away too much. Like, I'm not trying to call anyone out. I don't know who else is on the call or who else listens to it. But, right. You know, that's kind of my story. So. Right. So – in the five months that she's been gone, is she with this other man, as far as you know? Not that I know of. I mean, he does come to town to visit. Um, but, you know, according to her or whatever, I've asked a couple of times, it's work-related. And he used to come to town, too, for work-related, too, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So you're, you're thinking that she's in a limerick state, but you have no evidence that gives you enough comfort to believe that you Definitely no, no, but but there's yeah. but there's little things that have done it. Like for example, he's gone um, when she and the kids went to um, her parents' house in a different state. Um, he's gone. He went and visited mm-hmm. for like a day, and his state is not next. Oh. It's not like a quick. It's not like a quick one minute drive. It was only for the day. You know what I mean? Like and you know, and she introduces him to her family as like a colleague. But mm-hmm. you've never had a colleague. Like why would a colleague from? 500 miles away, come and visit for the day and go to the beach right. with you and your sister and your sister's right. husband and their kids. Right. Right. Yes. I would, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. That is not a typical behavior. So it sure sounds like they have some kind of a relationship going on. But, here. but she'll say now, just, he's just a good friend. He's just a good friend. And I have, and I have many good friends. And then, you know, I get angry right. at least when, when we were at the initial stages of moving out, I, I'll say I did everything incorrectly, right? I did everything that you're not supposed to do properly. Um, I did it. I got angry. I got upset. I was like, really? He's a good friend. He's a good friend that you speak to for a thousand mm-hmm. minutes a month on your phone or this or that, mm-hmm. you know, and then what she does is, I don't know if you've met this type, like you have people who kind of divert the conversation so they don't officially lie, right? So in their mind and in their heart, they're not liars. They're not cheaters because, you know, they might have never, they might have not had sexual relationships, right? But they've had intimacy in my mind, mental intimacy. And, you know, she won't say anything directly. So, and when she introduces him to her parents, it is a colleague. Right. So she's not lying. It's not, you know, we're not liars. You know, we just we divert it. We we, we subvert the exact definition, because then by definition, I'm not a liar. I'm not ungodly. You know, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Oh, I understand. And we we actually work with this every day. (laughs) So unfortunately, I understand all that you're talking about. And and I would say that all the signs are there that she definitely has crossed the boundary. There's a thing we devised called uh, it's a it's a version of what's called the cage. I don't know if you've ever heard of the cage or not. The cage dash aid is a tool used by like frontline doctors to discover if someone might be an alcoholic. So just let me talk about that for a minute. Although it sounds like it's off the topic, it's actually an acronym C A G E. And they would ask, for example, if a person might be drinking too much, they would say, have you ever, have you ever felt you should cut back on your drinking? That's the C. A, have you ever felt annoyed by what other people say about your drinking? G, have you ever felt guilty about it? And E, have you ever needed to drink for an eye opener? 
Now, statistically speaking, two yes answers to that indicates that a person at least is a problem drinker, if not an alcoholic. We have made a version of that that that's for relationships. We, we change it like this. Uh, now, this will be addressed to a person like your wife, but I'm going to explain in a minute how you can actually use this to get an idea. The C would be, have you ever felt you should cut back on the time you spend with this person or the themes you talk to this person about? A, have you ever felt annoyed by what other people say about your relationship with this person? G, have you ever felt guilty about the time you spend with this person or the things you talk to this person about? And E, rather than being eye-opener, like with the alcohol thing, E becomes elevator. Is this person your elevator? Is this the person you want to talk to when you're up or the person you want to talk to when you're down? Now, two of those, typically you may answer by observation. The A and the E. So you've already said that she gave a positive answer to the A, that she got annoyed about what you said about her relationship with the guy. As far as you know, on the E, is this the guy she really wants to talk with, you know, when she's up, or the guy she really wants to talk, talk to when she's down? Do you have any idea how to answer that question, yes or no? I don't know, but all I can do is use during the time when we were living together last year, um, mm-hmm. after she moved out. So now this is, again, I was stupid. I was naive. When she said she wanted a divorce, I kind of first looked at myself and like, look, I'm willing, you know, I, I begged, I pleaded, I did all this stuff wrong. And, you know, I was really willing to work on myself because she was, you know, if everything was my fault, everything on God's green right. earth was my fault. So right. I really looked at myself. But then after when she moved out and then I found out like she and my girl's went to a basketball game together. She's never been a basketball fan, right? Now my kids play basketball. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of went back and now started looking at the cell phone bill, looking at the home phone bill, and I noticed that during the time we were together, she was speaking to him a significant amount of time. Now, she said okay. it was it was work-related, right? But, you right, know, this right. is beyond the, you know... Right. It's beyond the rainbow of work because you don't spend a, a thousand hours a month or whatever talking about work on your cell phone to with, somebody. With one colleague at a different, co- you know, at a different place. Right. So it's not even a colleague at where she works. It's like a mutual colleague. Okay. In the then we're going to assume then, we're going to make the assumption, at least for the time being, we're going to make the assumption that we can answer the last one. If she's talking to him that much, then we can assume he's the person she talks to when she's up. She's Correct. Yes, he makes her person. feel okay. good. Correct. He makes right. her feel good, okay. makes her feel loved. Right. Exactly. Right. Now, we don't have statistics on this like they do with the alcoholic one, but based on our experience with literally thousands upon thousands of couples, many of whom have been through the exact situation that you're describing here, my my guess would be, now understand, I, I cannot, because I've never met your wife, I can't tell you this is absolutely fact. You because that would be irresponsible of me since I don't know her. But based on what you're describing, you would get two yes answers on the A and the E of the cage. And the way we view things, that has crossed the boundary. In other words, her relationship, her marriage should be with you. Therefore, any other man that steps in between the two of you, I'm, I'm not ready to call it adultery, if you will, but I am ready to call it a violation of the contract. It's uh, it's stepping over the boundaries, doing something that shouldn't be done. So whether or not they're actually sexually involved with each other, if I'm hearing you correctly, you believe that she's crossed the boundaries with him at least emotionally. Is that correct? Correct. 
Okay. So we can probably call that limerence. Now, again, that's not, that, not a diagnosis. It just gives a working theory to work with. Now, what I heard you earlier say is if you could determine if perhaps it was limerence, then you, you would feel that you're better prepared to make a decision as to what to do next, or did I just imagine you said that? No, you said that. Um, I said that. Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, because I now, felt so I, – I, I felt you – know, I mean, I guess everyone feels this way. So, I mean, I, you know, as I listen to the show a couple of weeks or not every week, but I sometimes, you know, catch it when I can. And um, I hear similar stories to my own. You know, at first I was so caught up into, well, maybe she's right. Maybe this I've been an awful husband for the years, even though – Throughout those years, I thought I was doing everything that she wanted from me. I thought I was I was trying to be a good right. provider. I was working to, you know what I mean, like to k- take care of the kids. When she had to go out right. of town for work, I was doing, you know. So I started right. to believe that. But then I've heard different stories on here and how how when you're in limerence, and I've read some of the articles online, like how your perspective in your mind completely shifts, right? You know, right. and you rewrite rewrite history. I'm quite sure you're not a perfect again, husband. I, I'm not in because any we've way never met one. Yeah, I'm not right. trying to paint myself as this saint or this person who. No, you know, I, I don't again, hear you. But, doing but, but that. I, I never, <laughs> I didn't, I never, you know, I never broke what I would consider the married vows, right? Like I never had inappropriate right. relationships, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I had my so, own fault. So what we're establishing here is that. Even though she's saying all these things about you, it does not justify the behavior that she's taking, right? Correct. Well, and I think what she will say is um, she would say, well, first of all, she hasn't crossed the boundaries because it hasn't become sexual, right? So and let's just say, I don't think she's ever said that to me or whatever. But Right. Um, but, I, but people who I, do I, that I, rationalize like crazy. I mean, rationalization takes place. But what, what I hear you saying is, but that though you have not been a perfect husband, you have not done the kind of things that would justify her leaving you or establishing a relationship with another man. That is that it's not it's not your fault. You haven't done something to drive her away. Even in your yeah. imperfection, because we're imperfect, we all are. So that means yeah. that means that what she's doing is not justified, right? Yeah. Correct. Now, we, we know that, and she's rewriting history because that always goes, goes with limerence. She's exacerbating your flaws. That always goes with limerence. So it really boils down to she's been gone five months. Is there anything you intend to do, or do you intend to let it go on like this for a while? So I don't know. I mean, we have very little contact, right? So, And then mm-hmm. I, I tried to reach out to her parents who are – you know, somewhat religious. No, 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 not somewhat. I always looked up to them and I always thought they were very religious. But they're mm-hmm. more of a hands-off type of approach. Like, well, we mm-hmm. can't make her do anything. She's a grown woman. I'm a grown, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I tried to, you know, I reached out to each of her siblings who I thought we were close. Because, we've, again, we've known each other for 19, 20 years. So I grew up with her and her right. family. She's grown up with mine. So I reached out to each of her siblings, and basically none of them even took my call. Like, it was just, yep, I don't even know you. So right. I was like, holy shit. You know, but. But you, but so you understand. I, you understand that probably, in all likelihood, the things that she's telling them about you to justify this 
has them looking at you in a light that's not probably the best light there is out there. So it still comes back to you. So you, do you intend to let it go like it's going now, or do you intend to do something to try to bring it to a head? I don't. I want to bring it to a head, but I don't want to bring it mm-hmm. to a head to. I'm not trying to. Okay. Like, so here's the ironic thing, like, which makes it stupid. Like, I don't even speak to my family or friends about it because they just think I'm being stupid and gullible. Like, how could I forgive that? Like, I could forgive this. I could get over this. I mean, would it take time? Of course. But I could forgive it. So I want to bring it to a head, but right. I want to bring it to a head with some sort of movement in trying to work on a solution, but she's not looking forward to that. She doesn't want a solution. The only thing she's looking for, the state I'm in requires a one-year separation before you can get a divorce. So she's just looking forward to that one-year period, right? And So what I'm hearing you say is that you have no leverage at all? No leverage at all to get her to try to go to a counselor or come to our workshop or something like that? You don't have any leverage. So we went... So when this all happened, when it first happened, when I was hit by, it was like a brick hit me over the head because I didn't even know. I was like, we were looking at furniture. We just moved into a brand new house we bought, and all of this happened. So when she said she wanted a divorce, I was like, we were just looking at bedroom furniture yesterday, and we were getting an architect to come into our backyard next year summer. Like, I'm confused. So again, so I could put, I internalize all of that on me. So now I don't know. I think it's kind of gone so far that I don't know what kind of leverage I would have because, you know, we've already split, you know, kind of the asset. You know, we already have 50-50 custody of the kids. So in all intents and purpose, other than by the state, in my mind, we're kind of divorced, right? So not in my mind. Right. I, I'm thinking in her mind. Like, I'm not out there seeking, going out with anyone else or whatever. But so I don't Okay, so is there anybody in her world that she respects, anybody that she respects, like a, a pastor or anyone, because obviously you said her siblings are not going to do it and her parents aren't going to do it. Is there anybody else in her world that she respects that would try to intervene to get her to go to counseling with you or to come to one of our workshops or something like that. Is there anyone she has that kind of view of that would have that kind of influence over her? I don't, I'd have, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, so I will tell you over the past year, I would have said yes a year ago, but over the past year, the whole dynamic, she's, she's, she recently graduated, right? So she graduated, got a new job, now starting her career. And over the past year, the the same set of influences no longer influence her, right? Like, okay. so I don't know. I so don't she's not part of any church so anywhere? She's not part of a we, church anywhere at all, then? We had recently moved to this church. No, we'd recently moved to our state for her job. So, no, we weren't even a member of right. a church or whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I'm hearing I is have to that think you about have no that. leverage so what I'm legally. Hearing from you, go you, ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Don't worry. Tell me what you heard. No, I'm saying, so what I'm hearing from you, though, is I kind of have to think a little bit more about not necessarily yes. bringing it to a head like accusatory, but is there someone of influence or someone that she would right. respect that I also right. know or I'm in contact with that might be willing to help fight save my marriage? That's correct. Have you by any chance been on our Marriage Helper website and seen the article? Actually, it's a, it's two podcasts plus a, a transcript of a thing called Intervention. By any chance, have you seen that? 
Um, I did see that. And last year, before she moved out, I had mm-hmm. reached out to her parents and had them read through it to see if they could help. But and that time and when they I found out, like they weren't going to intervene. Right. Well, okay. So that's what I'm saying. Yes, I'm recommending this that that you continue to do, you know, to to be as good a guy as you can be, because that always helps. But I'm hearing that that as of right now, there is no real leverage. There's no legal leverage. Uh, you've already done fifty-fifty custody, all those kinds of things. There's no church leverage. There's no uh, parental leverage, sibling leverage. So until you can think of someone she would listen to, or unless you have something that you can offer in return, like if you do this, I'll do that. If you can think of something like that, then you can possibly get her to see a marriage counselor with you or to come to our intensive three-day workshop or something like that. But, but you'll have to find something that will motivate her to do that, something that she would gain if she did. And obviously, I don't know enough about your situation to guide you on that. But uh, otherwise, it seems there are no roadblocks in her way right now. Uh, no, no, correct. She's doing, no, doing she wishes to do. Yeah, yeah she's doing right. what she, you know. And then, and then there's sometimes, like, you know, when you speak to friends and family, like for me, like, you know, obviously my family's really hurt. Because, again, we all grew up together, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the timing of this is also very in my opinion, suspect, right? Because it was prior to this, you know, she was going to school, you know, mm-hmm. master's, PhD, stuff like that. So now it's like she's finally mm-hmm. on a foot. She now finally has, you know, everything in her life is now set in place. And it's one of those situations where, like, well, I'm no, you know, I hate to say this, but it's like, well, I'm no longer needed, you know? And I hate mm-hmm. to feel like that. Um, but, yeah, so... Okay. Well, until you can find that, I don't know what you do next other than just trying to be as good a guy as you can be and follow the pies. You've seen those on our website, my guess is. The P-I-E-S, if you haven't, I suggest you read that. Unfortunately, I have like 45 seconds left before this thing closes down on me. I do hope that you can find someone who has influence on her that, that can do that. And in the meantime, do everything you can to take care of you. Because by taking care of you physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, you may also have an impact on her. You may not, but it's still the best thing to do because it's still the best thing to do for you. So I'm okay. so sorry Thank I'm out you. of time here, but I, in 15 seconds, I'm out of air. You take care. I, I pray that it works for you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good night.